listening to Making a Difference About Domestic Violence and Abuse with host Shereen Rice on the CWR Talk Network. Welcome. This is Shereen at Making a Difference About Domestic Violence. My goal for this show is to educate, to help in the healing journey for those that are suffering from domestic violence. For those that, um, if you're listening tonight and would like to get in touch with me, you can email me at Shereen, S-H-A-R-E-E-N-E-C-W-R at gmail.com. I would love to hear from you. I would like to remind everyone that our show is on Thursday at 9 p.m. Central Time, the second and fourth Thursday of each month. My show can also be heard on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. If you subscribe to those services, um, if you want direct links to the programs on these services, you may go to our homepage and on our website, which is cwrtalknetwork.com and click on the logo for that service. If at any time you experience a trigger by this topic, please call the national hotline. That number is 1-800-799-SAFE or 1-800-799-7233. And we're gonna have a public announcement and I'll be right back with you. Unexpected reactions to smart financial decisions brought to you by FeedThePig.org. Well, I finally did it. I improved my credit score. You're kidding, right? Uh, no. How are we supposed to be the bad boys of electrosynth pop if you're out there being responsible? The band is about to be discovered. This is our year. Uh, yeah, you've been saying that for a while now. You think anyone in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame was worried about their credit score? I never really thought that Of we were... course they weren't. Rock stars aren't supposed to think about that kind of stuff. We're supposed to think about how many guitars we've smashed, write aggressively sensitive power ballads, start questionable fashion trends, tragically break up and blame creative differences. All right, all right, just... I thought maybe it was time to take control of my finances, you know? Start using a budget. Get out of debt. (laughs) Set some goals. A budget? Debt? Set some goals? Listen, I knew that we'd have our creative differences, but I was hoping they'd involve a little more scandal. When it comes to financial stability, don't get left behind. Get tools and tips for saving at feedthepig.org. This message brought to you by the American Institute of CPAs and the Ad Council. Welcome back to Making a Difference About Domestic Violence and Abuse with your host, Shereen Rice, on the CWR Talk Network. Welcome back. Um, tonight, my guest is Susie Fletch Malahofau. And she is the executive director of Pacific Island Knowledge Two Actions Resources, which focuses on building alliances, bridging across all communities, eliminating violence, increasing income into ethnic and underserved households, and preserving all Pacific Island cultures for positive social change and whole individual community health. Susie will present on her story um when her healing began and how she started to 
care for herself, her empowerment, um, how that came about, and how empowerment is healing. Her years of community work is built in everyday healing, and if others benefit through her healing, she is elated. Now, that being said, I'm having a hard time getting a hold of Susie. So you know what we're going to do? Together, we are going to try to get a hold of her again. So let's see how we do. I think she's going to be excited that we're calling her so late in the game. Does not seem to be dialing. You've reached Susie Felch, Malohifa'o, ah. the Pacific Island Knowledge to Action Resources. Please leave your name, number, and a brief message. I'll get back with you as soon as possible. Thank you so much. Hey, girlfriend, give me a call when you got a chance. Uh, give me a call at 917-889-8078. And I'm going to hold down the fort till I get a hold of you, okay? Thanks, bye. Okay, she was going to talk about domestic violence in her community as uh, Pacific Islanders. So what I'm going to talk about, though, until either she gets a hold of us or um, I do have Leslie from Alicia's Voice who's going to call us and let us know a little bit about her organization and how that's working out. So I wanted to talk about healing and empowerment, and I'm working on my Ph.D., as most of you know. And my philosophy or my hypothesis is that healing starts with the basic um, Maslow theory, starting out with getting a job, being able to support yourself, and um, food on the table for you, for your family. And that moves up to feeling uh, of belonging. Uh, Maslow calls that love. I just call it belonging or, or intimacy within within the group. And then um, following that is security. And security is, or safety, is feeling safe. A lot of times victims, let's start at the, at the bottom, a lot of times women lose their jobs because of their abusers or um, they don't have one because their abuser didn't want them to work. I know a lot of women who their abuser didn't want them to work. So starting on level one with the jobs, that is always a hardship for abuse victims. Also feeding their families and um, and everything that requires the physical um, necessities, the basic physical necessities for being alive. Then on to the second one is love and the intimacy. They need to feel like they belong. They feel care. They need to feel that they are appreciated, but really that someone cares. And a lot of times in our jobs or in life, our families, they, we just don't feel that they care at all. And 
And sometimes I feel like that. Um, I have to say, if I feel like I, someone doesn't hear me or doesn't appreciate something I do, I feel like um, I need to feel that they care. And I know that's kind of hard to explain, kind of hard to understand as well. So um, that's kind of my pet peeve, actually, right there. Um, the next one is, like I said, safety. And that is a big problem because that's part of our PTSD. We don't feel safe because we believed in someone who was absolutely wonderful that we thought and they took away that safety when they violated us and violated us I mean by either sexually or by <sighs> violating trust that was the hardest part for me I gave my complete trust to someone I loved and I cared about, and they didn't reciprocate the same. In fact, when I got beat up, I felt, how can I trust someone who would actually do this to me? And it was very, very difficult. And I know a lot of sisters that go through the same thing, sisters of abuse, <clears throat> It's the hardest, hardest thing that women need, that women will go through. The next thing is self-esteem. Because of the fact that abusers are very condescending, very manipulative, they lie constantly um, and degrading and diminishing, literally women who are abused go through all of that especially when they like to do it in public when they like to diminish you and disparage you in public and it is the absolute hardest thing and so self-esteem goes down the tubes I mean completely and we have nothing so we have to work on that to build towards empowerment and healing. And I believe that as you work on that, as you work on your maintaining your physical needs, maintaining your physiological needs, your food, your shelter, your sleep, your breathe, uh, just every breath you take, all of this is physiological needs. You, you get one step closer to empowerment. And again, safety, a second step closer. And love and belonging with family and friends and intimacy. The safety thing, though, is very important because security of body and employment and safety of family is paramount to all victims. After love and belonging... Again, I said self-esteem. We need to have confidence in ourselves. We need to have achievements. We need to respect ourselves and others. And that is really hard. Now, according to 
Maslow. The next area is self-actualization. I call this empowerment. Um, self-actualization is an acquisition of all those, including including um, lack of prejudice, morality, creativity, spontaneity, spontaneity, problem solving, acceptance of facts, self-fulfilling, um, enriching, experience, enriching experience and desire to be the most that a person can be. When you get to self-actualization, the reason why I call that empowerment is because of the fact that we as women have a need to um, feel strong. We have a, a need to feel capable and independent and not torn down. And it's very, very difficult at times when when we have that in our lives and we try not to because we work so hard at our physiological needs, our safety, our belonging, our self-esteem to get to our empowerment. According to Maslow, following empowerment is transcendence. And transcendence is actually a little bit higher than the self-actualization. So it actually goes into what's what I call a spiritual realm. And in that spiritual realm, I look at that more as uh, the first area would be once we get to self-actualization is when you, you pass this is what I'm trying to say. And you get to transcendence. Okay. And transcendence is, like I said, more of a spiritual realm. We start to serve others. And we find joy in that, giving of ourselves, trying to help others pass where we're at. A lot of times victims will need to, and I say need, and the reason why I say need is because when we serve others, we lose ourselves and we forget about our PTSD and we start to strengthen others around us and help them. I have been very, very blessed as of late. Um, I have a woman who went to my domestic violence conference here in Southern Utah, and she found it so inspiring that she wanted to kind of give back, if you will. And so in her church, if she sees someone that she thinks might be uh, of domestic violence, uh, have had that or if she finds out that they did what she will do is she will go talk to them and she will contact me and then we will go over 
and talk to them. And there's nothing better for a victim when they know that somebody else has been through that and that they care. And remember, I, I said love is, is that step for caring and knowing that someone cares. Also in transcendence would be loss of self, which service is on the way to that. But complete loss of self is, is what transcendence is talking about. And then, and then the next step is charity. Charity, the pure love of Christ. And moving up towards the, the pinnacle of empowerment or I'm sorry, transcendence, is charity. The next one is complete faith. Complete faith in yourself. Complete faith in, if you're religious, complete faith in Christ. And and if you're not, complete faith in who you are as a person. And then the last one is a total envelopment into totally enveloped in what you're doing totally enveloped in your love of of your service and looks like we might have a call here hello Hi. Leslie, is this you? This is Leslie. Awesome. This is Leslie from Alicia's Voice, and she's going to be talking to us a little bit about, let's first actually, um, I want to continue where I'm at, but um, let's talk a little bit about Alicia's Voice. Can you tell me a little bit about how it's been doing? I'm pretty impressed. It's growing. Um, It's still uh, my husband and myself, and I've got a couple of volunteers that have stepped up and have been helping quite a bit. Um, we are going to be in Colorado Springs uh, next week. Actually, we are going to be the host charity for the the business expo at the Social in Colorado Springs, Colorado, on the sixth of October. And uh, the owner of that group, Brandon Bishop, has invited us to come in and be the host charity since October is the National Awareness Month for Domestic Violence. Uh, Awesome. Yeah, October is. And um, for all my listeners tonight, hopefully you'll wear purple like every day throughout October. (laughs) Has there been any updates on your case? No updates as of yet. Um, we are still kind of just waiting and to be honest, just, you know, praying and asking God to, which way to guide us because it's just, it has been so monotonous and it seems like it, it's, we're fighting the enemy through all this literally. Yeah, you are. Yeah. I have been talking tonight on self or um, empowerment and I think I told you about my dissertation on uh, Maslow's theory starting with the physiological needs, moving up to the safety-type needs for your personal safety, the safety of your family, and security, emotional as well as physical. And then love and belonging would be next. And feeling that you belong, that you're cared about, that's with not only family but with friends as well. Not necessarily talking about an intimate situation for sure. 
um, developing, redeveloping your self-esteem because of the fact that it was completely shredded when we became, um, when we got beat down to no end. And then the yes. self-actualization of uh, Maslow's uh, theory is my theory of empowerment. Now, my belief in empowerment is, and I want to, I want to get your feedback as well, um, because this show is all about healing and empowerment. Um, enjoys the journey. Um, one thing, no one's going to enjoy the journey of healing because it hurts. But enjoying the journey of empowerment. And I've got to tell you, I think it kind of sucks to be my ex-husband because he hates that I'm empowered. And that bothers him more than absolutely anything. Um, what are your thoughts about enjoying the journey of empowerment? The journey of empowerment, I would say, is probably one of the most painful things you could go through. Well, the healing is. But it's is, also the most rewarding. And yeah. You know, when you be when you reach beyond and can get through the pain of of the healing, and you get beyond that, it is yeah. a freedom that you can't express to other people, especially those that are right in the midst of it. And the one thing right. that I've held true to is, you know, when we delight ourselves in the Lord, no matter what we're going through, He does give us the desires of our heart. Right. And and as victims, what a greater desire is there than to be free from the bondage. Right. And and through that healing gives freedom. Right. And that's what I'm talking about is enjoying the journey of empowerment only after you've been freed uh from the bondage and torture of um uh, abusers and I think the empowerment also gives you a boldness to speak about it and not worry about what other people think yeah and I do have to say um, on my journey of healing I started writing my book and because I wanted to reflect on what did I miss what what was I looking for what did I need after I found out that I was a victim of abuse because when you're a victim of abuse and it's just psychological abuse or verbal abuse or emotional abuse, you're like, okay, uh, this isn't, I'm not abused. I'm just, I got to learn how to deal with him. You know what I mean? I got to learn how to, how to handle this, all these situations that arise. And then you have these things going through your head like, um, and why does he do that? <laughs> and why does he treat me like this? This isn't the guy I married. Why does he do that? It's, I, you know, just nothing seems to click. You know right. what I mean? And so as I wrote yes, my, I yeah, as I wrote my book, I just, I, I, I think I slowly became empowered um, because I was finding out what I missed. I was finding out um, what I needed. I was finding out. The strength, my strengths and weaknesses. And believe me when I say it, I had a lot of weaknesses at first because I was so hurt and I was very angry at uh, the world, really, at everybody. And I was trying to be happy, but it was very, very difficult. Did, did you find that with Alicia at all? Alicia was um, quite a different person. She was uh, 
a very meek-hearted person, and she she agreed with everything all the time, and I think she did uh, it mostly out of fear. Yeah. And she was never able to reach beyond that because she had so many obstacles against her in, in his family. Yeah. They, yeah. they kept her in that situation and told her she was going to hell if she left her family. Yeah. So I don't think she ever reached that part. I do remember one time where she did start to, it was when I got her out the first time, she started becoming herself and she was blossoming yeah. like this beautiful flower. Yeah. And enjoying yeah. her life. For a few months, I, I got to see the uh, Alicia yeah. that, that I knew before the abuse. Yeah, the person that was starting to become empowered again. Yeah. Right? Yeah. How beautiful that is. Um, another area of um, empowerment is um, does not fear the unknown. And have you ever... Well, as a victim, I notice that a lot. Or as a survivor, I notice that a lot. I um, I don't really care what tomorrow brings because it doesn't matter because I have now more time here on Earth than I thought I had originally. Yes. I, I would have to agree with you 100%. I've, I, um, I've pretty much stepped into Alicia's shoes almost, not physically but emotionally yeah. Yeah. from her murder because of all the attacks. We are being sued for <laughs> for defamation of character for speaking out about the abuse. Yeah. Yeah. And that's not going to stop me. I don't care. The, yeah. I, you know, two years ago it might have petrified me. But because of all of this, it, it has empowered me as her mother to move forward and be the person that's going to be Alicia's voice. I don't have time to be afraid. <laughs> I've, I've got right. to get the word out there so other people can be helped and this doesn't continue to go on. Yeah. And in break the silence, I notice a lot of those women are the same. They just don't care what tomorrow brings uh, because they're becoming empowered. And they don't fear yes. their abuser anymore. One person particularly that stands out when you mention it is Mimi Ortiz. Oh, I love she's Mimi. She's got such a powerful, yes, she has such a powerful testimony. And and she is such an amazing young woman. And I love the boldness when she speaks about, about her story. And I, I'm so thankful that she's, telling her story because it would have been a whole lot easier for her to just stay silent. Yeah. Yes. And you know what? I, I have to tell you, she is absolutely my hero, a 1000%. And though I've had her on here before, um, maybe you can share with us her story because she has given it. I mean, I can give it, but um, I would love to hear it from you if you'd like, because I'm not sure all of my listeners have heard it. Um, would you like to share it or would you like me to? <laughs> oh, I would, I would love to share it. She, good, the first good. time I met her, uh, I think I didn't, I knew her via Facebook and that was it. I, I hadn't had much contact with her. And when we were at the conference in Southern Utah, as soon as she saw me, she just ran up and wrapped her arms around me and started crying and hugging me. And I was 
I was just astounded at her passion and her fire for life and her love for people. Yeah. And then when she went into the room and started telling her story, I was completely, my heart was so devastated for her. Yeah. About, I don't, I don't recall every bit of it because of my PTSD, but I do remember her being pulled into the bathroom and, and her boyfriend, didn't he try to shoot her? Oh yeah, he, he held a gun her. to her. No, he held a yes, gun he to held, her head. Um, he knocked her head in. That's yeah, he did. He beat her up. He uh, knocked her head and knocked her unconscious. Um, the cops were saying, "Hey, come this way, come this way," and she's like, "What? What?" Yes. She didn't know her head was beat in, and she's looking for her boyfriend who is holding her hostage. But she, he had stepped away for a moment, and he grabs her and takes her into the bathroom, puts a gun to her head, and she's like, "Is this it?" Is this what my life means? What is this all yes. I'm going to be able to do? Oh my gosh, my heart! And and this is really difficult for her to share because can you imagine guns being pointed at you, trying to but from the cops trying to get him, and your face is is you know bleeding badly um, because she her whole face was deranged. It was so sad. Uh, yes. And it, it is, a, it is a very graphic story. Yeah. And and the thing that grabbed me the most is she had no concern for herself. She no. was more concerned about her boyfriend than right. she was herself. Even right. though she knew she had blood all over her, she, she was still concerned. She was under that manipulation and under that control. Yeah. But now that she's been set free of it, goodness, she is a little powerhouse. Yes. And you know what amazes me about her? She, even though she struggled right at the beat a few years ago, she has totally taken control of her life. I met her at a BTS um, retreat. We were actually roommates. And so I got to hang out with her. And, you know, I told her my story. And here I, here I thought, you know, I had a fractured nose, two black eyes fingerprints literally the bruises of fingerprints on my arms um red marks around my neck where he tried to choke me um and and the pancake you know body slam that he did to me i'm thinking that's like the worst <laughs> the worst of the worst and then she told me hers and i just about died <laughs> i'm like oh my gosh my head would have been totally totally messed up probably forever and that woman is absolutely amazing. She's taking control of her life. She's helping others. She is absolutely yes. amazing. She's definitely somebody that could reach into the heart of other victims. Yeah. And and let them know that they're not alone. Yeah. And you know what? I, I have to tell you, I'm very proud of her because she is traveling the world right now, and she's loving every minute of it. So I love it. She's doing great. I can't think of anybody who deserves it more. I, I can't either. I can't either. And I'm just so proud of her. She's just worked so hard. Okay, another area of um, empowerment um, is accepts flaws in, in ourselves. And so you know how we sometimes become really meticulous and um, overcritical of ourselves. And once we become empowered, it's like, Mm, yeah, my hair looks pretty good today. I'm good. 
Yes. <laughs> yes. And, you know, I, I think a lot of that comes with the emotional abuse, being beaten down all the time and told, being told how bad you look. So you have to overemphasize everything and look perfect everywhere you go. And when you break free of that, I think that that also is let down. Those guards are let down a little bit where people accept you or they don't. <laughs> right, right. And, you know, I'll tell you, one of my healing things is um, my ex had to have, like, matching everything. And so uh, what I did is I w- – I decided, you know what, I'm not going to have anything that matches. I don't want anything that matches in my kitchen. And so I literally went to the the Goodwill type of a place, the thrift store, and I bought plates of every different type, you know, like eight, a set of eight. <laughs> I didn't want anything to match. I want everything to be uh, unbrand new. I wanted it to be used, and I didn't. I didn't want to have anything or do anything that reminded me of something he would do or have. And so that, that is was verbatim. One of my, yeah. What a lot of victims go through. Yeah. Well, and you're right because, you know, constantly it was, why are you wearing those clothes? Why can't you lose a few more pounds? Why does your hair that color? I don't like it that color. You need to change it. It's not, I don't like that color. Not only would I hear that from him, I would then hear it from his son. Then I would hear it one at a time from all of his friends. And then I'd be ridiculed and maligned and, and everything else. I'm like, wow, you know, I'm a teacher. I wear these type of clothes. This is kind of what I do. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't wear those other clothes. Well, you should be in jeans and a T-shirt. And I'm like, well, you know, I'm, I'm a teacher. That's, I, don't, I don't wear that when I'm you know, not teaching, I like to throw on a dress or something, something that flows, you know, like just drags on me so I don't have to work at anything. Because jeans, I usually have to lay down and hold it in and <laughs> zip it up and button it up and hold it. And it's just too much of a pain. So when I have time off, I just like to just have something that just kind of drapes. It's kind of nice. Enjoy life. But yeah. 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 And let it, and let, let go, you know, let go and be free. And and that's what this is talking about. Accepts the flaws in yourself. You don't have to be perfect. You don't have to live up to anybody's expectations. And so that's, that is one good thing about empowerment. Uh, another thing is motivated by growth. We all do that. I think, don't you? Uh, those yes. that have been affiliated with abusers as it, anyway. And, and so our, I would our have growth to agree. Is, yeah, yeah. And I think our growth is more like growing as a person, growing in um in empowerment. Because I don't think empowerment is just like a pit stop. I think it's a process. And that's what takes us to transcendence is that process, I think. But Motivated by growth is internal growth. It's not necessarily physical growth or uh, intellectual growth. I think it's more of an internal growth on our journey. What are your thoughts on that? I think, I think you're right. And I think it, after going beyond the abuse and you've, you've grown enough to actually have enough confidence in yourself to want to grow, 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, another thing that empowerment has is, um, or is evidence of empowerment, I should say, is we have a mission in life. And I know you have a huge mission in your life. Yeah. And I loved hearing that, um, that, was it a YouTube video? It was a video that you made. And I loved it when you said, I'm no longer Leslie. I'm now Alicia's voice. And that's so true. I choke up every time I think about it because, you know, she is, I've got three daughters that I love dearly. And I would do the same for any of them. But thank God I've still got two that are healthy and happy. Um, But because we're missing the one, you know, we all speak out against domestic violence and we are her voice now and wherever god leads me if if he leads me to cambodia if he leads me to anywhere on this earth to egypt i'll go you know just say and that's what happened i just said god send me and yeah i remember right after her murder i just threw my arms up in the air and i said god i'm yours I can't yeah. do this anymore. You know, I, they, it, this is so much bigger than I am. You lead yeah. us where you want us to go, and we will be there. And, you know, he, everywhere he has guided us, he has opened doors for us. Yeah. And you know what? I, I have to say you're, I have such great admiration for you. Um, you oh, have not really. Me. I know. And but you know what the thing is is you have been abused as well by the loss of your child, right? I mean seriously, yes. the abuser didn't just abuse her, he also abused your family and relinquished yes, you did. the right to visit with your daughter at all at this time. You know what I mean? Well, when I would call, I would be on pins and needles afraid to one. I was always wondering what I can and cannot say because I didn't know if he was listening in the background. So I constantly had a knot in my stomach until she would say, Daniel's at home. I'm on my way to taking the kids to school or I'm headed to the grocery store. Then I could have a conversation with her. But up until then, my stomach was in a knot wondering because it was he played a good game and i had to play that game with him to have that relationship with my daughter and yeah. i don't regret it for one second yeah cuz it it opened the door for me to have that connection with my child right and it was something you needed for you i think any mother would do that yes absolutely especially one that's lost their child but you know, I, I love how you've come back and not only strengthen yourself, but you're trying to strengthen others as well. You're trying to get the word out. You're trying to help other women. I was talking a little bit earlier when um, a, a woman came to our conference, and um, her name is Sandy, actually. And she now what she does is she goes to church. And if she hears that someone's been abused or if she um, if she finds that out or thinks that they are, what she'll do is she'll just start talking to them a little bit, kind of get some feel for them. 
And then she'll call me and we'll go over and talk to them. And they're so grateful. And literally she's done, she's introduced me to about four or five different people since uh, the conference. And that was only a couple months ago. So she's doing really good. I mean, that is she, awesome. she amazes me. Yeah. And you know, it's so important because these victims want, need to know they're not alone. They need to know other people have been where they're at. They need uh, help and strength, and sometimes that might be help uh, getting reestablished with a job, reestablished in a home, reestablished with food yes. on their table, and and feeling secure. I, I completely secure agree. Again. Yeah. And I also would like to say if there's anybody out there who's listening to this program, if you are in a situation, there is – a number you can call that is a safe place, the the National Domestic Hotline. Um, I'll get that number in just a moment, but I invite you, if you do reach out, make sure make sure your abuser does not know that you're reaching out. Right, because then you're in danger. And I had to talk to one of um, her victims that was still in the abusive situation. And I just said, you know what, um, he's, she goes, well, he hasn't hit me yet, but he's starting to posture. And I said, okay, so he's escalating and he's going to hit you and he may kill you. <laughs> you don't know. And so I, I, I like to make it real. I like to tell him how it is and make it real. Um, you know what, while you're getting yeah. that, I'm going to go to a, a PSA, a public service announcement anyway. So um, we'll be okay. right back with uh, Leslie. This message is for all of you sitting in the passenger seat, and apologies if it gets a little uncomfortable, but how does it feel to be at the mercy of someone who thinks a random text is more important than your life? Someone who takes their eyes off the road while speeding along in a three-ton hunk of steel. Freaky, right? Well, why not just ask them to stop? Or better yet, volunteer to text for them. It might be a little awkward, but believe me, you'll live. Learn more at StopTextStopRex.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. Did you just look down at your phone? You did it again, didn't you? You know, you're flying down the road in a three-ton hunk of steel. And a text takes your eyes off the road for an average of five seconds. At 55 miles per hour, that's long enough to travel the length of a football field and cause some serious damage. Turn it off. Trust me. Whatever it is, you'll live. Learn more at StopTextStopRex.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. Welcome back to Making a Difference About Domestic Violence and Abuse with your host, Shereen Rice, on the CWR Talk Network. Welcome back. This is Shereen with Making a Difference at, uh, About Domestic Violence. And I'm here today with Leslie Browning, and she's going to give out the number real quick, and we're going to continue our talk on empowerment. So, Leslie, were you able to get that number? Yes, Shereen, I was. And I just Thank wanted you. to let you know that there is um, an advocate that's available 24-7, 365 days a year. Your, your, your call will be answered. The number is 
800-242-7233. If you know somebody that's hearing impaired, write this phone number down. It's 800-787-3224. And if you want to go online, and be careful because your browsing history can be traced. So if you're on a private computer that you know somebody can't trace, the number, the website is thehotline.org. That's great. I, I don't think I knew thehotline.org. Um, I just look up National Hotline for Domestic Violence, but that's a lot easier. <clears throat> okay, um, we were talking about um, empowerment, and the next one that we were talking about was has a mission in life. And I'm going to tell you, my entire life changed after I got beat up because I didn't recognize the abuse when I was being uh, psychologically abused, verbally abused, emotionally abused, um, financially abused, sexually abused, and so forth. So when I realized that, I tried to create a mission in my life because of the fact that I had nothing. I had nothing now. I had I had no home. I had no place to go. I had a job. I had a place in Utah, but I was living in Oregon at the time. And so I had to find a place to live. I had to start putting more food on my table. Um, I start, had to start taking care of myself. And thank goodness I had a good job. And, and then I started my PhD uh, right after that, just two or three, uh, probably four or five months after that, uh, when I came my head out of the basket case it was in. And um, my mission in life now is, is serving other women and helping them through their time of uh, victimization or helping, their, helping them through their healing journey um, as, uh, as a survivor towards empowerment and uh, whatever I can do and however I can help. And, and I know yours is the same, Leslie, after your and daughter's I wanted to death. let you know what a great job you're doing. You, you, when you reached out to me, you empowered me to continue on and you know everybody gets discouraged from time to time and and when I met you your fire and your desire and your passion is contagious and I want to commend you for that because if I start feeling down when I see some of your posts on Facebook or I listen to your radio show it helps me keep going because we are working for a cause and yeah. we, we can't let discouragement get us down. So I wanted to commend you personally about what an awesome job that you're doing to help others be empowered on a daily basis. Thank you. I so appreciate that. I'm going to tell you when I got this radio show, I was pretty excited. I can't tell you. I'm like, I don't want to stop talking about this and you know now I talk about it in all uh, mediums in fact I'm looking at getting a YouTube channel and and talking about it there as well um, but you know I have the radio show I have my book I have um, 
I blog for BTS at times. I facilitate for PICTAR for, to help women um, be, heal and become empowered. And it's like, that's, that's what I do to volunteer. This job, as a radio host, I do not get paid. And I don't ever expect to get paid. And I'm fine with that. I want other people's voices to be heard. I want everybody's voice to be heard. Because one thing about victims is their voice is never heard. And so I'm glad that you brought that up. We, we feel squelched by, like you said, the, in your case, the victim's family is trying to squelch you. And they do it through fear. They, they want you to fear them. And so they'll threaten. And like, like you said, you're being sued. I mean, how many times is that going to happen? Uh, a million? Because to the you tune of one million talking. dollars. Yeah, it's it true. And, and, you know, and you let them continue. Yeah, it, it's me almost your funny because this is all I got. <laughs> it, it, it's it is almost comical. You know, they the thing I thought of first was if it almost felt like the wind had just been let out of my sails when I got the paperwork. Yeah, I was devastated because I take pride in my integrity, and. Yeah. And then I started looking and noticing it's through Collin County, and the district attorney of Collin County read Alicia's story a year ago and reached out to me personally. Yeah. And and, and I I kind of almost wonder if it if it goes to a hearing, what's going to happen? I think they're going to get laughed out of court. Yeah. Well, the bottom line is, is you made sure that Alicia's voice and your mission is to make sure Alicia's voice is heard. And you know what? I think you're an absolute best mom of the whole world because your mission now has changed Mm -hmm. to having, make sure your baby is heard. Well, my whole desire is, is to when people meet me, when they leave from our visit, that they know who my daughter is through me because she's, she's worth it. Yeah. Yeah. She's an angel baby for sure. Um, The next area of empowerment that I wanted to discuss was focusing on the big picture. Sometimes we, can't see very far ahead of ourselves and we need to keep in mind always keep in mind what is true and what our focus is in life and uh, our mission and for us our mission has changed mine completely changed everything I did was as a teacher and I would I'd spend hours and hours and hours working at bettering myself as a teacher and since I've been doing it for 20 years I didn't have to work hours and hours and hours anymore and I was starting to enjoy life when this out of the blue happened to me uh, no fault of my own you know people are abused and it's impinged upon them without their desire <laughs> and I wanted to reach out to other women because I didn't want anyone to be where I was what are your thoughts and I what my thoughts, my first thought on that was when you started talking about it, how is how our compassion just goes over the top, yeah, for other yeah. victims. 
And, yeah. and, and I'm telling you, if, if I had a 15-bedroom home, I would help. <laughs> I would, I would, I would put, I would help victims in, 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 I've helped other victims in that way and bringing them into our home and living with us. And it, it's our job kind of in life to do what we can. I'm not saying necessarily bring them into your home that that could be dangerous, yeah. but yeah, if you know them, that's a different story. Yeah. But our compassion for victims is heightened. And I had a, a young man who reached out to me that was a high school friend of Alicia's, and it took him over six months just to reach out to me because he was a man. Right. And it does happen to men, too. You know, he's, he was in the hospital in intensive care for a long time because she used a deer antler to slice his head open, and, and he had a severe concussion. And the compassion that we have is so heightened because of the the nature of the abuse. It's people snap, and you don't know what's going to happen when they snap, and you just want to be there to help them. Right. Right. And, you know, that's why I will do everything in my power to find those that are hurting and those that are those that need help in domestic violence and understanding where they're at and how they're doing and what they're up to. Um, But it's really, really important that we reach out. And that's why our, our entire big picture of our life has changed. We've changed to be more compassionate. I'm going to tell you, I had, I had no idea this entire community existed. I had no idea. And when I became a member of this community, I I looked everywhere, but I didn't feel worthy to be a part of this community because I didn't feel like um, maybe I didn't feel like I got beat up bad enough or or I don't mm. know. I just didn't feel like I deserved to be a part of the domestic violence community. So I didn't start looking for it until I realized I had a major problem. And I went to the Battered um, Persons Advocacy in Roseburg, and I said, I need help. Because (laughs) I was... You were definitely a victim of domestic violence violence physically, but I also want to segue into something just so it's a little bit different there. You don't have to have somebody lay a finger on you to be a domestic violence victim Emotional right. and verbal abuse is right. just as bad. So yeah. if if y'all are out there and you haven't been beaten, you're you can still be a victim. I mean, if if you're feeling like you're nothing and you're like Alicia went through, if your phone is being taken away from you and you're being told who you can talk to, you're being told what kind of money you can spend or cannot spend. If you're not allowed to have a bank account. That is domestic violence, and it is wrong. Yeah. And if they're hurting the animals or throwing God in your face, something to the – whatever the tune is, that's religious abuse as well, and that's psychological as well. What I I didn't understand – yeah. What I didn't understand was I – as a – 
being psychologically abused, I was badly abused because my whole self-esteem, which I had a great self-esteem till I married this guy, and it was a puddle. It was an absolute puddle within one year. And I think, oh, my gosh, what did this man do to me? What kind of power did I give him that this is even possible? And I'm going to tell you, it, it crosses every line. It will be through the rich women, the women, the women who have good educations, the women who have good upbringings, the women who have, are poor, the women who have no education. It crosses every single line. Every culture, it crosses absolutely every line. It's You're in exactly every, right. every area of women's and, lives. And, you know, you said, you said something that brought back something I used to teach years ago. You said, how did I let this happen to me? And I used to teach a story about the frog in the water effect. And, you know, if you put a frog in a pot of boiling water, it's going to jump out immediately because it's going to instantly feel that hot water. But if you put a frog in water and you slowly bring that water to boil, that frog is going to boil to death. Yeah. That, and that, to me, is so similar with victims of domestic violence. It's exactly right. It's exactly on target. And it's exactly what we go through. You know, I remember praying. Um, I don't know how I got here, and I don't know how to get out. And the Lord provided a way. Not the one I would have chosen, but he provided a way, so that was good. <laughs> Not always the way we would choose, you know. And unfortunately, <laughs> God provided a way out for Alicia, too, but it it wasn't the way I'd planned. Right, right. And, and nor would anyone. The one thing that planned. I do know is she's not suffering anymore. Right. And that is absolutely wonderful. That is absolutely a blessing to her because she suffered at his hands for so long and she tried to get out you know how hard she tried to get out he murdered her while she was trying to get out yeah. he found out she was trying to get out and he held her hostage and then murdered her yeah and it's it's that's not uncommon that's actually very common um and just so our our listeners know 70% actually 72% of all homicide uh Domestic violence homicides are when they are either leaving or have left. So you're very much in danger. Yes. If you're going, planning on leaving, don't say a word to him about it and get some help, get some friends' help, get a secret place to hide, to live, <clears throat> to help sustain you. And get your own and bank make sure account. there's not a GPS tracker on your car. Or the phone I heard about um, just today. I was, yes. I don't know where I heard it, but they are, uh, they're tracking. I, I posted um, it. Oh, yeah. It was you. Yeah, I read all about yes. I mean, I, heard, I I was in shock. You, you should have seen my mouth drop. <laughs> I'm like, oh, my gosh, these guys are just getting more savvy by the second. So explain to the, our, our listeners what, what that was. That what that video was about uh, that just took my breath away. Well, um, what it's about is how these abusers they track you via your phone. You, if you because you have location services on your phone that you can actually turn on or off. I keep mine off 
I encourage everybody out there to do not to turn that off because if you turn it on, it will ping where you are. And GPS trackers can be very easily put on the bottom of your car. So if you do leave, take your car to a mechanic and have it looked over immediately. They can spot it right off. Wow. Yeah, I was uh, I was totally in shock on how these women who would would say, um, yeah, he would tell me every text message I made, every um, every place I went yes. to on the internet. The parental apps is what those are. They can install a parental app on your phone that traces every single thing you do, every text message, everything you do. Wow. I was I was totally in shock when I saw that today. Um, but that was an excellent post. And both you and I both try to post things that are helpful to to people to be safe and to help in their journey of domestic violence, for sure. Another area of empowerment that I wanted to talk about is we don't wish to hurt people. We, we no longer have a desire to do that, where sometimes when we're uh, being abused, we just want to lash out, and I mean lash out at everybody, <laughs> even our friends. It's just our friends sometimes understand, hey, you know what? We know you didn't mean that, but um, but when you become empowered, you become so mentally healthy that you have no desire to hurt anybody else, none, Zippo. And so no. you can tell when others have um, become unhealthy <coughs> because – it's um, they continue on uh, hurting others. And, and one thing about victims, all victims were at one, I mean, all abusers at one time were, was a victim, right? I've even seen female um, victims become abusers and it's just, it's just so very hurtful. And I'm so um, glad that you brought that up because I think victims that, if they aren't careful enough, can become abusers, not just to relationship partners, but to friendships as well. And um, they can really cause some pain in other people's lives. Yeah. And, And I don't think they, well, yeah, I think they know it and I think they do it on purpose. The only thing is, is they need to recognize they're doing it. Um, I knew this one girl who had been badly abused and, um, she was staying with me, uh, with another friend, uh, another abuse victim. And one day she just starts yelling at me and I'm like, I'm sorry, I don't have contention in my home. It's just how I live. And, um, so that made her matter. And she goes, well, I'm leaving. And I said, okay, go ahead. That's fine. Um, there's the door, (laughs) you know, I don't stop anybody. It's not like a prison here. And she left, she had been at my house for two months. She went to another uh, friend of ours house home to stay with her. And she was only there four days when this other friend said, you know what? I, I, there's just something, there's just a bad spirit here. I just, I can't have it in my home. And this victim then fabricated all these stories about this poor woman who had opened up her home to this uh, abuser or a victim that, you know, became an abuser 
and uh, just smear campaigned her throughout her church and throughout her friends. And I mean, I was completely in shock. I'm like, how can someone who's been a victim of abuse do that? So I literally watched the transformation of a, of a victim become an abuser. And it was so very sad. So very sad. And, you know, the, the thing, it is, it is very sad. And, and the one thing about that is if the person is a child of God, all we can do is hope that they come to the realization what they've about what they've done and go to that person that they've wronged and ask yes. them to forgive them. Yes. Yes, I agree. Um, and um, I'm wondering if they think that they didn't do anything wrong. You know, um, I'm not sure. So I'm hoping to see this uh, victim of abuse soon <clears throat> who is not empowered because I'm going to go speak at a uh, October, actually. I'm going to speak at a retreat. And I'm uh, up in Colesville. There's a great group of women up there that uh, they go out of their way to help all sorts of victims. It's, they're absolutely an amazing group. Um, shout out to you, Becky. <laughs> but anyway, so she will be at that um, retreat. And I, I do want to ask her, hey, or let her know, I think that she needs to apologize to this woman. Now I could care less that she was yelling at me. She actually left when I said I, I can't have contention in my home. And thank the Lord that I had a person there that witnessed the whole thing or she would have lied about everything. And um, and I, I do. I think she needs to apologize to that poor woman that she that spent months you know, uh, fixing her reputation after this woman was done with her. It was just crazy what she did. Anyway, so um, I want to continue on on the list. Um, We appreciate the small things in life when we become empowered, and I noticed that. You know what? I could care less if if anything big happens, as long as I have, you know, a roof over my head and a couple little morsels to eat. I don't you know, nothing really matters anymore. I don't have these grandiose plans of trips all over the world. And uh, that would be nice though. And, uh, <laughs> or anything. I just, <laughs> I, yeah, I just want to live each day. And I, I, I don't even worry about living each day. I don't care about what happens during the day, you know, each day I will take one day at a time and I'll just live it to the best of my ability and just continue on. You know what I mean? Yes, I do. Um, I actually, I don't plan a trip unless I get invited to, to tell Alicia's story and help other victims because that's, that's what matters now. Yeah. Is just, just telling her story. And uh, I mean, Alicia's voice is very young and we fund our own trips, but you know, it's worth every penny to me. If, if, if one person in that group, hears her story and and gets help because of it, it's worth every penny. Shireen, are you there? I'm not sure if we've lost connection. 
Well, I don't know if anybody can hear me out there, but I'm going to repeat the National Domestic Violence Hotline again. Um, that number is 800-799-7233. And if you know somebody who is hearing impaired, that number is 800-787-3224. Well, I hope you enjoyed listening to Blog Talk Radio tonight. Um, this is going to wrap up everything for the evening, and we hope you listen in in two weeks from tonight on that Thursday. You have a good evening, and everybody out there, please stay safe. Good night.